Welcome to the Making Great Men podcast. This is your host, Papa G. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode two of Making Great Men podcast. Great to have you with me again today. Let me start off today's show by saying thank you to all those who have responded amazingly, uh, generously, I should say, for the first episode, which was the introduction and the first key ingredient, which was kindness. I just wanted to say thank you for all the messages. Thank you for all the emails uh, and those who knew me, the text messages to uh, show me your appreciation and uh, please keep them coming. It's always wonderful to get feedback from uh, anything you do, as all of us know. So I really appreciate that. Uh, Last week, when we uh, started off with the key ingredients, uh, what I did in that episode, if you didn't listen to it, and I encourage you to go back to uh, listen to it as well, is I introduced what the podcast will be about over the coming weeks. And uh, then we had a little segment in the middle of the show uh, called The Brain Break, uh, some interesting facts to know. We'll do that again today. And then then went on to the first ingredient that I believe makes a great man, which is kindness. And I talked about what kindness is, how it works, how to develop it, uh, and what actually you learn from it in the midst of being kind. And it's not what you think it could be. Trust me, it's not a it's not a, a trait for the meek and the mild. It needs strength to become a kind. So today, I want to launch straight into our second ingredient, which is chivalry. If you heard the trailer or last week, you'll know that the three ingredients are kindness, chivalry, and strength. And so today I'm going to unpack what chivalry means, where it comes from, and the importance of why chivalry needs to happen today. My goodness, where has it gone? I know that there may be some women listening today. I know this because I'm getting some messages from women who are saying that they're asking their partners to listen to this podcast. So thank you for doing that. Gentlemen, uh, let me just address you right now. If you are listening to this podcast because your partner has asked you to do so, uh, please don't get upset with them. I think what they're trying to do on the most part is the wonderful intention to say, hey, I know you're a great man, but here is another way that you could be great or and uh, so take it as a as a compliment because trust me if they did not care okay if they did not care <laughs> they wouldn't pass this over to you they'll just let you do whatever you want and just go on with your life and bury yourself okay so um to all the women out there who who would be asking to themselves where has chivalry gone Oh, I'd like to know the answer to that. I may have an answer. I did ask ChatGPT to, to that question to give me an answer, and it did. And so I'll get onto that uh, in a moment. But first, what I'd like to do is I want to answer a question that was uh, sent to me via email. And and gentlemen, let me just uh, say it again. Uh, there is an email that I have set up. It's uh, The email address is makinggreatmen.01 at gmail.com, makinggreatmen.01 at gmail.com. Send in your questions. I've answered a few already uh, privately because they were fairly private uh, questions, so I've answered them. But this one in particular piqued my interest because it was quite an unexpected question. The question by the listener was this. As a man, should I have the ability or should I learn how to be able to defend myself and my partner physically? (laughs) I mean, listen, that's a fairly... That's a fairly um, astute question, I've got to say. And the reason why I say that is because uh, when you listen to some, you know, quite a few clinical psychologists, Jordan Peterson being one of those, he makes this incredible distinction in the workplace or, again, or, or amongst interaction between men 
that the 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 idea of physical altercation between men uh even if they're friends really but more so if they if they're not close friends the in normal interaction business interaction neighbors someone down the street someone in a queue somewhere the the idea that they're always there's this underlying tone that there could be a physical altercation between me and me and this other person at any moment like the the discussion can go there not that you want to fight not that you need to fight but there is this idea that if things go south in our dialogue and in our disagreement and it doesn't go well, obviously in a civilized situation, we don't want to get to that level, but we want to be able to defend my honor, defend my partner's honor, defend our property, defend our safety. And so from that viewpoint, I would like to say to the listener, look, I don't think you need to go become a UFC fighter. Okay, nor do you need to be the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. But I would say if you're not confident to be able to defend yourself, if you're not confident to be able to defend your partner uh, against an attack, then I would say, yes, I think you need to go and find uh, a sport that you could learn. I'm not saying, you know, again, don't become a UFC or jiu-jitsu wrestler or Brazilian jiu-jitsu and learn how to take people down or, you know, good old uh, Steve Seagal with the akudu or whatever he does where he ticks people off balance and smashes them. And if you, if I, this was a video right now, you'd see my hands going everywhere. Um, not saying that at all. What I am saying is, though, maybe you need to take some boxing lessons just at the gym. Maybe you need to be able to learn how to, um, uh, you know, maybe do some sort of karate. Just, just again, not the full-on uh, learning how to become a competitor, but somewhere where you can build your sense of confidence in order that if something wants to happen, you can defend yourself. And uh, not, not just from this side of defending yourself, but also from the side of having confidence. Let it build confidence in you. Uh, for those who don't know me, uh, I'm a fairly, um, uh, what's the word, solid guy. Um, you know, the best way to describe me is how my, my children would describe me, which is uh, I'm a silverback gorilla. So uh, that's how they would describe me, a silverback gorilla, quite barrel-chested, big shoulders, big back and lats, um, you know, barrel barreled uh, midsection. Uh, and uh, think of Mr. Incredible. Yeah, skinny legs. It's hereditary. Don't blame me. I train them at the gym. They just don't do anything anyway. And so, uh, so I, I'm, I've learned how to defend myself over the years because I grew up in the Bronx of Sydney, known as uh, Parramatta. <laughs> And uh, so I learned how to do that growing up in the streets, but uh, um, I didn't grow up in the streets. Let me just clarify, just in case my family's listening, I grew up in a great family back in Parramatta. Hey, mum and dad, love you, brothers and sisters, you're amazing. Uh, but, I, but I was on hanging out in the streets back in the 80s, break dancing with the rolls of lino, carrying the um, the, the, the beat box, which was battery operated. Um, you know, and you have to change the double D batteries for all the people in the, the 80s kids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you know, to be able to break dance, to electric boogaloo and break, break, break dance. Uh, and so uh, learn, you'll have to learn how to defend yourself. So to that listener, uh, short, short answer is yes, do it. I think it's important to be able to at minimum build confidence, uh, exercise, which is great for your mind anyway, and also um, be able to defend yourself if needed at some point. Well, there's that qu question answered. So let me move into the topic of chivalry. What is it where did it come from and where has it gone, for goodness sake? Let's carry on with the show. 
Chivalry. What is chivalry? Okay, so chivalry is this idea that started in the medieval times in Europe, sort of around the Middle Ages, in particular in France, and it was a code of conduct that the knights were expected to follow. Okay, so this code of conduct that they that they followed, it was literally emphasized by these qualities in particular: courage, honor, loyalty, and respect. In particular, towards women. So let me say those again. Courage, honor, loyalty, and respect, especially towards women. And so these, these men, these knights of old, had this set of rules, this code of conduct, these customs that govern their behavior. And, and listen to this, not just on the field, but off the field as well. So it's not just when they went on the field and did what they had to do to defend their nation or to defend their, their city, but also off the field when they lived their lives. Over time, of course, chivalry started to evolve and it became a broader ideal of morals and social conduct. So for instance, things like someone using their strength and power to defend the weak and protect the innocent. Let me say that again. Chivalry started to develop as someone who, or an ideal of of someone using their strength and power not to crush the weak and attack the innocent, but to defend the weak and protect the innocent. What we do know about chivalry was that it was influenced by the Christian faith, the Christian worldview. So those doctrines in Christianity, which uplift things like protecting the innocent or defending the innocent, protecting uh, uh, the, the weak and the courage and honor and loyalty and respect, that was all part of built from those Christian worldviews. And so the knights were expected to uphold those Christian virtues. Uh, and then also things like mercy and piety and humility. I mean, seriously, uh, courage, honor, loyalty, respect, mercy, piety, humility. Um, I love this guy already. <laughs> what amazing attributes to have. L- let's carry on. Chivalry then continued to become an important part of cultural and social ideals throughout Europe, uh, or you know, through to England, especially right up until the Ren- Renaissance period uh, in, in human history. The concept... Uh, even though it was a formal code of conduct for knights, it started to dissipate into the conduct of men in society. And so the ideals of honor and courage and respect started to permeate through society because uh, men would see knights behave this way. Women would respond positively to that. Men thought, wow, this is what a man needs to be like because they saw the knights as examples. These guys defended the king or defended the monarchy, defended the nation. Uh, they, they, They represented a set of values and code of conduct. And so men started to emulate what these knights were doing. Now, of course, where there's some stupid men in there, throughout history, there always are. But we don't compare ourselves to the stupidity level. We compare ourselves to the highest level, not the lowest level. So it's funny because people can say to me, well, George, not every man, not, not every man's good. Yeah, well, I know that. Uh, not, not everyone is amazing. I get that. We don't compare ourselves to the person who is the, the, the worst amongst us. We compare ourselves to the person who is the best. Uh, you know, in, in that regard, that that's who we strive to be. Uh, and look, I, I don't, I don't mean to say we need to compare ourselves to these people. What I am saying is that 
let's not, as, as examples to us, let's look for those who are moving ahead and are kind and right and good, not those who are lazy and nasty, okay? So, so that, that's what I mean by that. So this started to permeate throughout all of society. This code of conduct happened because it was good and it was right and the, the values of this code were honorable. But then, like most things that happen in humanity, we become lazy and it started to fade away. So that code of conduct started to fade away in society all throughout Europe and as it sort of went across the world, it faded away and uh, to the point where now in modern day, we have many people asking, where is chivalry? Well, first, let's, we talked about where it's come from, but let's talk about what it is. What is chivalry in today's society? What, what would we see chivalry as? Let, let's say up until 25, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, what would we consider chivalry to be? Okay, so he, he, here are some examples of what sh- chivalry can be. For instance, their set of principles and behaviors, once again, that emphasize that respect, that courtesy, that kindness, that honor, that courage, uh, that loyalty, and in particular towards women. So he, here are some examples. Uh, holding doors open for others, particularly for women, offering to carry heavy bags or luggage for people, practicing good manners, such as saying please and thank you and being respectful in your language toward other, uh, towards others, respecting others' personal space and boundaries, mm-hmm. being considerate of others' feelings and needs. Goodness me, this is a very self-aware person. By the way, I'm going to do an episode on self-awareness, I can assure you that. Uh, showing empathy and compassion towards others, and finally, standing up for what is right and just, and again, particularly in defense of those who are vulnerable or marginalized. That, that is what we could say, in a nutshell, what chivalry looks like in today's society. Let me ask you a question. Do you see that often? Do you see that out there? How many people do you know that exude this sort of behavior? And look, to be honest with you, I think there actually are quite a few people who do exude uh, this behavior. It's not, it, it is in the minority, uh, but it's not that small a minority. I think it's actually quite a large size minority, but it's, it's not extended out over the whole of society, in particular in our Western world is what I'm referring to. Look, I remember uh, when I was probably about 30 years ago, Somewhere around 18, 19, 20, somewhere in those in that age bracket. I remember I was brought up right by my parents in, in this sort of way. And I, I remember walking out of a bank. Yeah, bank. I haven't been to a bank branch in years, maybe even over a decade. But I was at a bank and I was walking out and, you know, glass doors, they weren't automatic. They were the ones you held and opened up. And I saw this uh, woman. I was Again, I was in my late teens, early 20s. I saw this woman. She must have been in her early 30s. I opened. I saw her come out. I got to the door first. I grabbed the handle and I opened the door and just waited for her to come in, just expecting her to come in. And she may or may not say thank you. I wasn't expecting anything in return. But not. she didn't, she didn't say thank you. She stood outside the door and looked at me, waited till I looked at her because I just thought, oh, she hasn't come through yet. So I looked, I looked over at her and she said, excuse me, young man, I can open the door myself. <laughs> I, I was a little confused because I thought, I, I wasn't implying that you couldn't. Now I, I don't know how to say that. If if she if someone said that to me today, I'd have a great comeback. But um, I I just looked at her puzzled, and so I I all I knew to do was to close the door. I stood there and let the door go, and it closed on its own. And so she walked in through the door, 
and and let the door close behind her and she kept walking through. So then I had to reopen the door and leave the building. Funny thing about it was as soon as I walked out, there was an older lady there, probably in her 50s or 60s, who, who was sitting on a bench next to that door. And she looked over at me and she said, don't worry, young man, don't let it stop you from doing that again. That was very kind of you. Mm. I'm so glad for that lady. I still remember it. That younger lady, she must have thought to herself, look, you know, um, this guy's implying that I can't open the door or maybe she was just having a bad day. I don't know what it is. That's, that's her point. But the point was it was an interesting response. I've asked, um, you know, and over the years I've asked women, would you like me to help you carry that bag or can I hold this luggage for you? Can I pick up that box? Can I, would you like me to help you to the car? I have, I have no qualms. I, I do not care one little bit if they say yes or no. Okay, understand this. This is not about them saying yes or no. This is about me being and portraying the values that I know are important to me and the ones that I want to show my children and ones that I want to show people around me that it's okay to behave this way. I don't do it to imply that a woman can't do it because I know a woman is capable of doing a lot. I understand that. I do it because I, and, and, and here's, here's the clincher of why I think chivalry is important. I want you to note this. Chivalry is important because it is honoring the mystery and the incredible uniqueness of womanhood. That's what chivalry is. Now, chivalry can happen towards men, obviously from a man to a man. There's no issue with that at all. But, but it's not dishonoring women to be chivalrous, to open the door, to pull out a chair, to, to get up off a, off a seat and let a, an elderly person sit down or a woman sit down when you're standing. And again, I've done that, and many women have been very, very thankful for that, very thankful. Open doors, and they've been very thankful. Offered to take up bags, pick up boxes, move things, take things upstairs. They're very thankful for that, very much so. Actually, that's been the overwhelming response of chivalry, chivalrous actions. And I think many men who do that would attest and agree with me that that, has, that is generally the uh, the response they get from women. But where has it gone? Where has that behavior gone? You don't see a lot of that in the generation Y and the generation Z, the, the, some of the millennials and, and Gen Z. Where has this gone? I'm part of the Gen X generation, and I think with me, it was quite evident. I saw that quite a lot around me. It was a normal. It wasn't out of place to see that, but then it started to, to disappear. So what I did was um, I decided to go to ChatGPT and find out what the answer is because <laughs> I have a few thoughts myself. But before I get into those where has chivalry gone, let's have a little bit of a brain break and see what the great facts are. Well, welcome to today's brain break, the five or six interesting facts for today. Here we go, gentlemen. This is all about you. Men spend, number one, men spend almost six months of their lives shaving. <laughs> I, can, I can believe that. Number two, men with shaved, oh, okay, we're talking about hairless people here. Men with shaved heads, this is for my bald boys, are perceived as an inch taller and 13% stronger than men with hair. Hey. <laughs> number three, a man walks, oh, this is classic, about 7% slower when they are walking with their female partner than when they are walking with other men. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Listen to this music, by the way. We're getting gangster up in here. Number four, the average male has about 50% more muscle mass and 50% less body fat than the average woman. Not if they live in certain parts of America. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Number five, 
Oh, this is sad. Currently in China, there are over 30 million men who cannot find wives. Did you hear that? 30 million men who cannot find wives. Thank you, Lord, that I don't live in China. Okay, and number six. Well, this is class. This is a good one. The biological symbol for the male sex, which is that circle with a small arrow protruding from it, is also the symbol for the planet Mars. You see, the two components of the symbol are designed to represent the shield and the spear of Mars, the Roman god of war. Oh, gentlemen, that's cool, isn't it? Thanks for joining me on the Brain Break for today. All right, let's get back to the podcast. There's some interesting things there, aren't there? Uh, so as I was saying before we got onto that brain break, those few facts for the gentleman, I was saying where chivalry came from, what it all meant, what that code was about. There's examples of some chivalry, and I was going to get onto where has chivalry gone in our society today? Uh, so what I did was I, I wanted to ask uh, chat GPT. I thought, you know, the, the number of all things all of a sudden uh, has popped its ugly head, and and uh, let's talk to this chat GPT. So I actually put down the question, why has chivalry disappeared in modern times? And I wanted to see what our collective knowledge is saying, and it was very interesting what it said. Let me read it to you. It said, changes in society and cultural norms, particularly in regards to gender roles and expectations, contributed to the decline of chivalry. As women gained greater rights and independence, the traditional roles of men as protectors and providers became less important, and the behaviours associated with chivalry, such as protecting and providing for women, became less relevant. Ooh, I've got a lot to say. I'll get back to that in a minute. Then it says, overall, while the ideals of chivalry may no longer be practiced as a formal code of conduct, the principles of courage, honor, loyalty, and respect that underlie the concept can still be applied in modern times to promote uh, a more just and compassionate society. Now, I, I do agree with that last statement. Yes, it can be practiced. But that first paragraph, in and which is so true but so sad, saying that because gender roles and expectations have changed in our current modern world and our cultural norms, then chivalry has declined as if chivalry was no longer needed. And then it sort of contradicted itself in that second paragraph saying, however, we can still use it in our modern world. Which one is it? Do you want it or do you not? And doesn't that, doesn't that represent the world we live in today? Which is why I'm doing this podcast and linking hands with, with other people across the world who are doing the exact same thing as I am, creating a web out there that other young, that men can listen to us speak and hopefully be examples to them of, amongst, sorry, of, of what a man should be like amongst this world that tells them, do this, but don't do this. The same thing. Do it, but don't do it. Now do it. Be this, but don't be this. Don't be too much of this. We want you to be chivalrous, but don't be too chivalrous. Open the door, but don't open it all the time because some movement, I mean, it's just confusing. No wonder men, no wonder these young men don't know what to do. Maybe they're, they're a little bit scared. They're a little bit intimidated to do this. And I, and, and, but this is, this is not going to be an excuse. This is the reason for this podcast. It's sad to see that, that, that chivalry has died because of these things. That the role of of women in our uh, in our society has come to a place, and and look, please let me just say something up front. Uh, I love women. I love what they bring. I love their mystery. I love their uniqueness. I love who they are. I love their uh, their their strength. Um, 
I love the fact that they see things in a different perspective. They are not the same as men. Let me make that very clear to you, young men that are listening to me. Men and women are not the same. They are complementary. They were designed to be complementary. They're not here to do the exact same thing. Men can do things that women can't, and women can do things that men cannot, and that is it. Simple. Men can produce sperm. Women can have babies. Simple. Men cannot breastfeed. Women can breastfeed. Simple. I'm not having a, a, an argument with you about that. There, there has to be some truths that have to be anch- we have to be anchored into. And unfortunately, we now live in a world where we as a society are unmooring ourselves from the absolute truths of society and, and therefore thinking nothing is going to happen. Of course. We can accept anyone who they are, what they are, whatever they think they are, however they feel. I, I, I have no issue if you feel a particular way. Not a problem. But in order to ask society to change norms and definitions and absolute truths, this is a dangerous place that we're moving towards and have rapidly moved towards in the last six to eight years. Very dangerous. Why? Because once truth is no longer absolute and it is relative and it therefore we are flowing with the ebbs and flows of tides and waves. We are a boat that is aimlessly pointed at nothing and not anchored to anything. What happens to boats like that in the sea? Yeah, capsized, destroyed, broken, busted. And that's exactly what's happening right now to our society in the Western world. We have forgotten the basics. And so men and women are different, and that is okay for them to be different. There's no issue with that whatsoever. The, the, the point that I'm trying to make here is women are wonderful, but when we say that these social norms have changed, and therefore, guys have to be a little, uh, you know, we can't be as chivalrous because we don't want to, we don't want the poor ladies to feel like we're, we're saying they can't do it. No, it's got nothing to do with the chivalry, that is, has nothing to do with the ability of a woman to be able to do something or not. Please understand, women, if you're listening to me, understand this. This has nothing to do with that. What we're doing is we are teaching men to learn to be what they're designed to be, which is prov- providers, protectors, bringing respect and honor and, and courage into a situation. That's what we're asking them to do, to bring loyalty into a situation. And when we say to them, no, you can't do that to the opposite sex, to, to women around you, no, we don't, we don't want you to do that. Then what we say, what, what are they going to do? Where are they going to do it? What's the next thing that happens? They now start to not respect women in that way at all. Let me clarify that statement about not respecting women. Men were designed to be able to provide and protect. That doesn't change. This is why when a man gets married, they, as as many clinical psychologists show, when they get into a relationship, they're almost like, the lack of a better word is they're tamed. They become... Um, they become more responsible. And when men become more responsible for other people, they start to develop the, the ability to protect and to provide. That's what responsibility means. And so when we say to young men, no, 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 you no longer have to protect and provide, once again, that has nothing to do with the fact that women can't protect and provide for themselves. We're not saying that at all. Uh, although let me let me I'll, I'll touch on that in a minute. What it does say is that men, this is what you're designed to do. So be that 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 means lift up your partner, support them, 
provide for them as a as a husband and a partner should look after your children raise them well with with the fear of god and with with uh self-awareness and 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 kindness and chivalry uh and and respect and strength of values do that that's what a man is meant to be doing but when we say to young boys no you no longer have to do that now what happens to them what happens to them where does all that energy go where does all that purpose and that meaning go? I'll tell you what happens. Depression, anxiety, fear of what's going on, not knowing who they are. That's what happens to our young men. Why is that? Because the very thing they're built for, they're being told in a society now, no, don't do that because it's demeaning. No, young men, it is not demeaning. It is not demeaning. And let me let, let me tell you how I know that, that it's not only do I know it's not demeaning because of my own experience, but because we've seen it for thousands of years. But also, when I'm chivalrous to other, other people around my life, when I'm kind to them, when I respect them, when I help them, it is incredible the response that I get from these people personally. I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in many friends' lives, anecdotally, to see exactly what happens. And that is not only clinically backed and with, with hundreds of research papers, go, go study yourself, please, on this, but also, also from the fact that the response I get from women telling me, giving me the feedback that, yes, I, I, I am actually quite shocked and mesmerized and, and and quite taken back when I see this chivalrous type of behavior happening around me. And, and most of these men, mind you, include strong-willed leaders who, who, are, who are leaders in their organization and industries who still love a man to be a man. That's okay for that to happen. And so, so even though we've had these young men sitting there and they're told don't do this and don't do that, this is the this is the horror of what happens. Our our young men uh, take this on and think, what do I do with this? Now they start treating women more disrespectfully. What? Why is it? And, and this is no excuse. Please understand, no excuse. But why is it we now have uh, uh, this? promiscuous lifestyle out there that started in the 60s and just sort of flushed its way through all of society where men treat women disrespectfully out there. Why is it we have these young men who, if a, if a, if a woman is intoxicated, instead of making sure chivalrously getting her home and making sure she's all right when she gets home, what do they do? They look for opportunities to take advantage of this woman. That's got to stop. That's disgusting. That's not toxic masculinity. That's a broken man. That's an unlearned, un, uh, uh, unrestrained, undisciplined man-child. That's what I call them. An undisciplined, unrestrained man-child who has, who has not had any more expectation put on him to be a better version of himself. And that's what I'm saying in the last seven, eight minutes is, is literally what I'm saying to you is that our society has, has lowered the expectation we've put on men. And if I can do anything, contribute a drop in the ocean towards young men is to say to them, okay, here's, here's what you have to do. I expect and so many of us expect more of you because you have the ability to be more. 
You can be kind, you can be chivalrous, and you can have strength of value, strength of conviction, and strength of character. And so when we when we expect that from our young men, they can rise up and be the incredible men that our society and our Western Hemisphere needs right now. Men who will defend the weak, men who will protect the innocent and the marginalized, men who will stand up for what is right, men who will, who will go after those who try to take advantage of those who can't look after themselves, men who will open doors. And by the way, all of that starts with opening doors and pulling out chairs and lifting heavy things and asking if someone's okay and changing the tire for someone and defending someone if they're being attacked. That's where it all starts. The door's opening, the chair's being pulled back. It doesn't start right when the lady's intoxicated and you then all of a sudden out of the goodness of your heart take her home and make sure she's okay. That's not where it starts. It starts right back when they're young, when they're told we respect, we stand up and we respect those who walk into the house. We go over and we greet them. We don't just wave hello at them. We, we open doors. We help out. We, we pull out chairs. We stand up on the bus. That's what we do, young son. That's what we do, son. That's how we look after those who are around us. We uh, look at that person who's struggling. Let's pull over and help them. Let's pick up this large item. That's where all of that starts. So when it gets to the place where they're 18, 19, 17, 16, they're at a party and this beautiful young girl is intoxicated, the first th thought that enters into their mind is not, Oh, how can I get her into that bedroom and take advantage of her? The first thought is, how do I defend this poor young lady and get her home and make sure she's okay and safe from these pack of wolves over there? That's the sort of man that, I want, that I've raised my boys to be. That's the sort of men that my friends are raising their boys to be. And that's the sort of men that you need to be. Chivalrous men who walk around, who have the, the, the uh, ideals of courage, honor, loyalty and respect. This is important. Remember those four words, courage, honor, loyalty, and respect. I love talking about this topic chivalry because it, it stirs something in me when I see young men and men of any age really who have developed this in them and I watch how they respond to life situations. If you were to ask me, George, how many times have you gone into a altercation and tried to stop it between a man and a woman? Multiple times, multiple times. Now, once again, I'm a little bit of a bit bigger guy. I know how to defend myself. I know what to look for in a situation. I make sure there's no weapon involved. I look around. I don't just throw myself into a dangerous situation when I can, when I can assess the situation. But there has been a couple of times where I had no time to think and I had to run in and help because the man was, was literally punching into the woman. And so I went in there and, and stopped that situation. Now, I'm not, I'm not uh, please understand, I'm not big noting myself because there are other men that have done far greater than I have. Oh, my goodness, run into burning buildings. I mean, our firefighters, um, uh, normal men who aren't even trained, jumping into icy waters to save children that have, that have fallen through ice. My goodness, my goodness. Thank God for those sort of men. Thank God for the men who have courage to stand up for what's right for our nation. Thank God for men who stand up and, and, and make uh, uh, bold statements in times of confusion to be able to let people know, here's what the truth is, men. You can believe. You can be like this. It's okay. It's okay to be chivalrous and kind and and strong and still be able to raise up a woman next to you and support her and make sure she's okay. Um, that's that's all part of what being a man is. And that's why I love talking about this because I see the impact, the positive impact it has on men in themselves 
and on society at large. And I think I want to close with that last statement, the second last statement about having an impact, the positive impact it has on men themselves. When men have something bigger to, to work towards, when there's a meaning and a purpose and a responsibility, they achieve greatness within them. There is a that meaning and that responsibility lifts them up out of anxiety, out of depression, out of uh, out of meaninglessness. Uh, I don't know where I'm going in my life, and they develop that ability to to say, "This is who I am protecting. This is what I'm providing for. This is what I. This is my purpose in life." And when they have a purpose, they become great men. This is why chivalry is so important because of what happens not only externally to those that receive that chivalry, but also and mainly what happens in them. They become those great men of renown, those great men of courage, those great men of honor and loyalty and respect. You know, one of the saddest stats that I have seen uh, in, and I'm not glorifying war at all, but a, a stat was done back in the 1980s in a university in America, and they were asked, all, all, the, all the people sitting in, these, in, in the big hall, how many of you, by show of hands, how many of you would go and defend the nation if we went to war? And they said it was around about 80% of the young men put their hands up and said we would go. They did the same study in 2022, I think it was, and when they did the study, it came back at something like 25 or 30% of men put their hands up and said we would do it. What happened? I'm not glorifying war. I pray that there is never any other, any war. We know man and, 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 and mankind is in and how horrible war is. But why would they not defend their nation or defend their values and defend their freedom? Why? Do we, it was, it's, it, the sadness of that stat is the fact that if, you weren't, if you're not going to stand up for that, what will you stand up for? What will you stand up for? I, I don't want to go to war. But if there was someone trying to break into my house to hurt my family, I can tell you, I can tell you, I'm going to I'm going to defend my family and I know how to defend my family. And I know there are many men out there that will do that that are kind, that are respectful, that are courageous, that are that are loyal, that are that are beautiful, honorable men. But they understand what that means. And because of that, because of what what chivalry brings, that mixed with kindness, mixed with respect. What, 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 is, what does that bring? That brings a, a man into a place of who they are. It aligns them properly. And so if I can encourage you today, young men, please listen to this podcast. Young women, uh, women, please share this with your partners. And I know I sort of joked about it a bit earlier, but please share it with your partners. The more of us that can model this to the next generation, then maybe in 15, 20 years, we can turn this Western world around to have men who rise up to be exactly what they're called to be, men of honor, men of respect, men of courage, and men of loyalty. Ah, chivalry. Number two ingredient in how to make a great man or what makes a great man. 
Look, I want to thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. I really, really want to do that, and uh, and just let you know that in in joining me through this whole uh, podcast journey, the purpose is, and I, I will you would have seen me get passionate and loud there for a moment. It's because I really believe in this, and I really want men to become better at who they are. And so, please, I ask you know share this. I don't want fame. I don't want fortune. I don't want any of that. But I want to share this to be able to bring change into young men's lives and and help them become great men, the men they're designed to be, the men I know they can be, even though they may have never had this instilled to them in some time in the past. I know that one degree change today could be a massive change in 15 years time. If a boat leaves a port today and it is half a degree or one degree off its its destination, then after Five, six, seven days of traveling in that wrong distant in that wrong destination of one degree, it could be hundreds of miles away from where it could be, where it should have been. And so, in the same way, if we just do that slight little change, slight little change today, maybe a statement that I say, maybe they've heard something and it sparks a whole stack of thoughts in this young man, in this man, then in 15 years' time, they'll be somewhere different and better than where they would have been had they stayed on this trajectory. And so please share it far and wide. Have a great day today, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this. Enjoy life. Life is amazing. No matter what you're going through, life is always amazing. Even though it is tough and it can be horrible sometimes, life and breath is amazing. Have that attitude. Know that. Enjoy your week. I will see you on the next podcast. I don't know what a postcard is, but a podcast I do. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.